0: Lord, you are here, and we are here. We invite you this day to pour your Spirit on us, to enliven us, to make us more committed, more loving, and more your people. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Okay. This morning... I went to print out my sermon. Now I had—I was done, but I never printed out until Sunday morning because, you know, I might want to make some last-minute changes. So I did exactly what you're supposed to do. I pulled up the sermon, I clicked on the computer, and it said print, and I pushed on it, but didn't print. Well, I tried it several more times, and it didn't print. So it said it was disconnected. Now, how did it get disconnected since yesterday? But, and I'm not a computer whiz, although I'm getting better with Curtis's tutelage. Um, so I finally went and looked at that darn computer sitting there, and it said, turn me off and turn me on. So I did, and what do you know, it printed, it printed, so I thought, you know, it's kind of like all of us, we just kind of turn off sometimes, and we need to be turned on by the Holy Spirit, and so I was like, God provides interesting things for you when you are listening. So today, we have arrived at the end of the day, of the 50-day period of Easter, And it is Pentecost. Now, every ending must have a new what? Beginning. Something new has to begin, and that's where we are. So when we look at John's Gospel today, very briefly, we're going to find that it basically tells us three things. Jesus is leaving, the disciples are staying, and the Holy Spirit is coming. Now, honestly, they don't know what this is. I mean, they, they're kind of baffled. And our Acts passage begins with a huge surprise for the disciples. They're all gathered, and all of a sudden, this loud wind comes, these flames come, these tongues of fire, and they land on the head of each and every one of the disciples that are there. Now, you've got to think about that. If you're in this group and this happens, there's got to be a little bit of amazement. What is going on here? And then all of a sudden they begin begin speaking in all of these other languages. Languages that are real languages, that they belong to people from different countries. And they're just speaking in other languages. Now, that's going to be a bit shocking to to them, too. And we have to look at it and remember, it wasn't very long ago that these guys were stuck behind locked doors. They weren't doing anything. And now here, they're somewhere out in public. These flames are falling on them. They're speaking in other languages. And you've got to remember, these are just plain, ordinary folks. These are not learned rabbis. These guys didn't go to seminary. They're fishermen. They're tax, tax collectors. They're average, ordinary people. They have never experienced anything like this. And then the other question is, who is hearing all of this? And it turns out that the town of Jerusalem is packed with people from all the different areas because, guess what? It is the Feast of Pentecost. Pentecost is both a Jewish feast and a Christian feast. So the Feast of Pentecost was a mandatory feast that everybody came to the, to the city of Jerusalem and it was basically an agricultural feast and Thanksgiving for the harvest, and they would bring things with them. But also, at any Jewish feast like this, it called them to remember their past, who they were. And so Pentecost for the Jews this is really fun is 50 days after what? anybody know? Passover, Passover, when God passed over all the Jewish uh, families and saved the firstborn, and they were led out of Egypt. Fifty days. Fifty days from Easter, fifty days to our Pentecost. Are you seeing some connections here? So it's all, they're, they're all in town, and they're hearing this. Now, uh, when they think about their journey, They remember God's giving of the law. Fifty days into their journey, God gave the law. So all of this is a part of the Jewish tradition. And they're hearing this. And then all of a sudden, they're hearing these people speak in other languages. And these people that are speaking are telling them a new story. But it's a story based on the story that they have heard. So, um, I think I'm past my notes here. Okay, wind and fire. They're kind of amazing forces because you can't control them. So they're falling where they will. And as these people are all gathered together, Peter begins to speak, and he begins his talk and tells them about Jesus and about what has happened. And he is really preaching the gospel, although they probably would not have called it the gospel at that time. It probably would not have been seen that way. And he says, now, I need to remind you that this is what was predicted by the prophets. He's saying this is a new age. This is the realization. For 2,000 years, the Jewish nation had been reading through their history, waiting for the day of the Lord. And so he quotes Jeremiah, which says, I will give them a new heart to know me. I am the Lord, and I, they will be my people, and I will be God, for they will turn to me with their whole heart. And Ezekiel also prophesied to the same thing when he said, Moreover, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. So, He's saying all of this stuff. He's reminding people of their history. He's telling them this is what you've been looking for for 2,000 years and the whole group we're speaking so that different people understand what's going on and of course we have to have a few naysayers in the group, right? Who say, you know, he's just drunk, he's crazy, you know what's going on and Peter again says, this is the great and glorious day of the Lord. It's the day we, as Jews, have been waiting for when we recognize the Messiah has come. And he said, you know, people, the rabbis would sit over the scriptures and read and read and read all these scriptures and time, trying to figure out when it was going to happen. And Peter's saying, it's happened. It's here. It's the time of salvation. And he quotes Joel. And the amazing thing about Joel is that Pentecost was a fully inclusive celebration. Children, women, old men, young men, everybody, everybody was invited in as full members. And so Peter goes on preaching, and if we read further in Acts, we would find out, that 3,000 people were baptized and became followers of Jesus. They weren't called Christians yet. They were just followers of Jesus. Now, they still see themselves as Jews. They still go to the temple. They were not to the point where things separate off. Pentecost completes the liturgical cycle that began at Ash Wednesday. And on Ash Wednesday, what did we say? You are dust, and to dust you shall return. So Pentecost says, now I'm going to fill you with fire and with spirit. It's like from death to life. It's a whole new beginning. Now, so I have a question for you. Do you still believe in this God who brings all this power? And do we believe as a church? Pentecost invites us into the power. It invites us to unlock our hearts and experience it and let Him change us. Pentecost is a love story. It is God's love story to his people. I have come. I want to fill you. I want to be your God. I want you to be my people. I want to work through you. It's a love story. And it is, it's a love story that invites us to live into freedom. Now, we said that this was a surprise for the, the early disciples. And I'm going to hold out to you that God is a God of surprises, of new beginnings. When we think about the history of um, or some of Scripture... Think about people that God has used. There was Joseph, who was rather proud and arrogant and was sold into slavery by his brothers, right? And yet God used Joseph to save his people. Joseph is the one that is in Egypt when the land is in famine, and he will provide for his family. Remember Esther? She wasn't very faithful, She wasn't following religious laws. She was Jewish, but God saved the Jewish people. Then there was David, the youngest son, kind of the one that's just out with the sheep. He doesn't even show up when they see uh, the sons. And so he's the youngest son, and he becomes the king. And Mary a young woman, no real credentials, nobody knew who she was, and she becomes a Christ bearer. And we could go on and on about that, but God is a God of surprises. He uses people in different ways where they are and with people that they can come in contact with. And he often uses us in ways that we didn't expect. So, At Pentecost, he used 11 disciples to change, begin to change the world. They were revolutionaries. They were preaching a revolutionary, um, I keep wanting to say gospel, but a revolutionary experience to the people that they were hearing. So, made me wonder 3,000 converts in one day? We could like that, right? We could use 3,000 flooding our doors, but I wonder what God has in mind for Good Shepherd. <clears throat> um, I know that we're in a in between exciting time. People are praying. People are hoping. We're looking for renewal within the church, and we want God to move. And going I tell you, the Spirit is here. That spirit is here because it's given to everybody. And it's affirmed in community. So there's like two essences of the Holy Spirit. The spirit speaks to us individually. I'm sure you have all heard the prodding of the spirit to call somebody or do something, and you're surprised that that's exactly what that person needed. But in community, the spirit moves as a community. So when things happen, it is the community experience that leads you to do this thing or that thing or something else. The the community supports it. Now, here we are praying, hoping, and waiting to see what the Spirit of God, how it's going to move in his people here and what we are going to become in a church. But sometimes we get tired of waiting. And so we kind of check out. And we don't really want to go. I mean, it's a beautiful day. Could be doing something else. And I'm going to tell you that when that happens, both as individuals and as community, we begin to lose power. I read a story about a man who dropped out of church. He thought he could be just as faithful worshiping God on his own. And after a few weeks of not attending the service, the minister came to visit. And it was a cold and blustery day. And they were sitting in front of a big fireplace. So as they sat in the living room, and made small talk for a while then all of a sudden the minister took the tongs and he picked up an ember and he put it on the side and very quickly that ember began to die out and fade away it it, 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 it quit burning And he let it sit there for a minute. And then he picked it up, and he put it back on the fire. And it sparked back to life. It began to burn again. Now, the minister didn't say a word. Put on his coat and started to walk out the door. And the man he had been visiting said, Well, that was about the best sermon you ever preached. (laughs) I'll see you in church on Sunday. We need each other. We need the presence of God. We need the stories that we tell each other, the things that happen. We need to be in community. And we need to be in prayer. And I know that God, it's great and wonderful things that are going to happen here. And we just need to keep praying and hoping and waiting for them to happen. And so, blessings on all of you on Pentecost. Enjoy the day and the spirit and the love of God, which is falling on you right now. Amen.